What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today we are here with our college basketball weekly recap. And Andrew, let's jump right into it, starting off with our favorite team. And they've had some recent struggles over the past two games. And I think this has been long awaited. They haven't really been playing well since that Duke game. And I think it's it's pretty obvious that Michigan State is not playing very well. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the main main problems with them right now. My thoughts on all of this with MSU is that they don't have a true leader on the offensive end. And normally you would think this would come from Rocket Watts or Aaron Henry, but neither of them are playing that well right now. Rocky Watts and Aaron Henry are both playing or I was going to say they're both playing lazy, but I would say that's just Aaron Henry. Rocket Watts isn't playing that lazy. He's just not hitting his shots. And of course, I think they'll come down the line. But as of right now, Rocket Watts isn't hitting his shots and Aaron Henry just can't do anything right now. It seems like on the offensive end, he can't shoot, he can't score. He turns over the ball. There's a lot going on with this team and it starts with Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts. And then on the defensive end, I feel like they're just getting really lazy, especially Rocket Watts. I haven't seen enough from him on the defensive end to make him keep his starting spot, especially with him playing so subpar on the offensive end with not hitting his shots. I know he's been getting better at getting the ball to others, but when you can't hit your shots, when you can't play good defense, I mean, I know we were just talking about this, Henry, and I know he's not completely the fault on why Boo Booey of Northwestern went off for 30 points, but he definitely he definitely uh, contributed to that 30 points by not playing the best defense on him and being kind of lazy on that end. So thing is with Michigan State, you got to play better defense and you got to have a new leader on the offensive end. I know Joey Hauser has kind of been stepping up. He had a great game against Wisconsin, even though they lost. He was one of the few bright spots about Michigan State against Wisconsin. But Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts are going to be the guys who need to contribute to that scoring with Joey Hauser. Joey Hauser has been playing great. I really don't think you could blame him for the struggles of this team. But when you look for the blame, I really think it has to lean towards Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts as well, just because they need to be more of leaders on this team because that's what they were expected to do coming into the season. And that starts with scoring more and then playing less lazy as well. Andrew, I have to put majority of this fault on Aaron Henry and actually Tom Izzo. I mean, from an offensive standpoint, when you shoot 72%, from three in a game, you shoot seven, not many teams shoot 72% from the free throw line in a game. You, you were eight for eight for 11 on three pointers in a game. And you only took 11, three pointers. You'd think on a day where everything from the three point line is going in, you would take more three pointers taking 11 to a Wisconsin team who is not a good shooting team who took 19 of them. And Andrew, I mean, the Aaron Henry, I mean, he turns the ball over seven times. That's inexcusable. But even back to Tom Izzo, I mean, Tom Izzo needs to find better ways to be getting Aaron Henry the ball. Aaron Henry needs to be getting the ball on the low, po- on the low post, on the block for post-up opportunities because that's what he can do. And he also needs to start being more like Gabe Brown and just trying to dunk everything because he obviously can't make a layup. So that might just be the better alternative for him to just start dunking everything on everyone. And and back to Tom Izzo, I mean, 
the offense just obviously doesn't work. I mean, with Rocky Watts and Foster Lawyer at point guard, there's no true fluidity with the offense. And they need to find someone who they can actually run the offense through. And I've been saying it all year, even though he had seven off seven turnovers, I think Aaron Henry needs to have the ball in his hands more than he does right now, especially on the low post in the block. And they need to – I know that's not what the college game is, but they need to be going more down low in the post. And another thing, Andrew, I mean, we, we have no – definitive roles on this team no one knows who they are no one knows what their role is everyone thinks that they come out and they can score 25 points in the game because no one has a defined role and that needs to start shaping up throughout the season is there needs to start stop playing 11 guys and I think to be honest with you 10 guys would be fine but actually taking out two of the centers that have been playing and adding adding in AJ Hogard I think would be a great thing to see down the road yeah and I know you said you want to see Aaron Henry become more ball dominant as a player but I really think he needs the opposite I think he just needs like going back to his freshman season he was the type of guy who he squares up in the corner and then when the point guard gets the ball he's either shoot or he drives that's what he needs he doesn't need the ball dominant trying to create for himself let the point guards create for him because obviously he hasn't been able to create for himself or others so i think the better option is to possibly take him away from the ball and let the point guards do their thing although one thing i have to say is Foster Lawyer and Rocket Watts haven't really been doing their job at the point guard spot and being able to facilitate and get guys open looks. So overall, I really don't think they have a true leader on the offensive end. And this is where it bites them in the butt, I think. Andrew, I mean, it just comes down to the fact they need to find someone who they want to get the ball to. And we saw it in the Wisconsin game. They went to three or four different guys at the end of the game and they need to find the guy who's that go-to scorer at the end of the game. And I still will continue to believe that it's Aaron Henry, no matter how poorly he shoots the ball. I think he just is has done it for years and it seems to always work. Aaron Henry is probably the best closer on this team. And if you get him the ball in the post, that's where he needs to be fed the ball. He's a small forward. I get it, but he is a mainly a post player who can step out and shoot the three, but he's not really a great three point shooter. I don't like what you said about feeding him the ball in the corner because We've seen it this year. He can't really do much from behind the three-point line. So if you get him the ball down low in the post, you feed him in the post, eventually they're going to have to double team it. And when you put shooters on the floor around him, he's a very, very efficient passer and will be able to feed guys like Joey Hauser, like Josh Langford, like Gabe Brown, guys who can step out and shoot it. But moving on now, Andrew, to another team that is indeed struggling, that is North Carolina. And that they kind of have the opposite problem that Michigan State does. And I'm going to make it very clear. I mean, they, they can't shoot. It's, it's, they're shooting, I think, below 20% from three in their last game against North NC State. They shot 11% from three. And you're not going to win games in college basketball shooting 11% from the three-point line. I don't care how many bigs you have that can go off for 30 points, which they do. They still have the best front court in all of college basketball. So that will keep them in games. But if they can't find a guy who's going to step out and sh- shoot three-pointers – I mean, this is going to be a very, very long season for them. And for a guy like Caleb Love, who I said will be the ACC player of the year, he has definitely not lived up to those expectations. He's shooting, I think, below 10% from three. He's averaging like 11 points. He's, for some reason, shooting 85% from the free throw line, but he can't hit a shot from the field. 
But for a team that came in, in my case, with such high expectations, they're definitely not playing very well, Andrew. Yeah, Henry, and it's simple. You said it yourself. If you can't hit shots, you're not going to win games. And that's what we're seeing with North Carolina. And they, they shot, I think it was 17% from three against NC State. And simply, you are just not going to win a game if you can't shoot at least, I think, 30% from three. And we saw that with North Carolina against NC State. And you can't expect to win games like that. And even though North Carolina, I think we can all say, was the better team going into that game, you're going to lose if you can't score points. And that's what happened with them. And we saw this with Michigan State against Northwestern. Northwestern was not the better team in that game, but they hit more shots. And we, we can all say, yeah, Michigan State is the better team. But when you make more shots and you score more points, you're going to win the game. That's simple. That's the rules of basketball. And we saw that with Northwestern against Michigan State. We're seeing that with NC State against North Carolina. And we're going to be seeing this with a lot of teams throughout the season. If you simply can't hit shots, you're not going to win games. And this is what hap- is what happening with North Carolina and although they do have one of the better front courts this is what's going to keep them in the game and that's why uh this North Carolina NC State game wasn't a blowout but they're they're not going to win that game when you shoot 17 percent from three so if this North Carolina team wants to improve it comes with their three-point shooting and their shooting in general Andrew, I mean, it's not like they're taking bad shots they they're, they're efficient on offense they get good shots and they Caleb Love at the point has made good decisions. He he's a very, very good passer. He just makes good decisions. He just his inability to shoot is what's killing them at this point. So if they can't find a guy who, who's going to be their go-to three-point shooter, they're going to continue to struggle. I think they'll eventually find that. I trust War, Roy Williams. I don't think it, it will turn into what happened last year. So I definitely will look for them to improve significantly going forward. Let's move on now, Andrew, to a team who probably won't improve significantly going forward, and that is Kentucky. They're one and six now, Andrew, and I mean, I'm losing a lot of hope for this team. I, I don't know who they can be at this point, and they look like one of the worst teams in all of college basketball. Yeah, and we really, me and you both expected them to turn things around after their slow start, but it just got worse. From, from the beginning, and we were we were expecting Calipari to turn this around, and it just turned into more of just a train wreck of this team. And it started with, like, a, lo- a loss of power, I guess, from John Calipari. Apparently, his players are very upset with him and the team in general, and they just have pretty much stopped listening to him, which is a whole another problem with this team. And the problem on the court is this team has zero chemistry, it feels like. They aren't playing as a team. These guys are all trying to play ISO ball. And this is what happens when you bring in all the top guys from their high schools. They don't know how to play team basketball. They're used to just having the ball in their hands and been told to just score. Well, that's not how it works in college basketball because most likely the guy you're up against is probably close to as good as you or has more experience with the or as you. So this is what's happening with Kentucky brought in all these top freshmen and these top freshmen don't know how to play team basketball yet. So that's what we're seeing. And to start off with their number one player from their recruiting class, uh, Brandon Boston, apparently he doesn't know how to hit a three pointer. I mean, he's shooting five for 32 this season from three. So 
when and the this whole Kentucky team can't shoot from three. So like we seen like we've seen from North Carolina, if you can't hit a three pointer, you're not gonna win games. And this is what's happening with Kentucky. But Kentucky has a lot more problems than North Carolina. So if you're asking me which team I'm more worried about, definitely Kentucky. But Kentucky has the talent. They just don't know how to play together and they can't hit their three-pointers or their shots consistently. Andrew, I mean, I don't understand, Cal, because a game on the line, three-point, three-pointer. You have one guy on your entire roster who has been able to hit a three-pointer this season. He's shooting like 48, 40% from three at this point, which is a solid percentage. That's a very, very efficient and good percentage And Davion Mintz. For some reason, he decides to be a, it's a great idea to go to that the five-star prospect who's shooting what you said five for 32 you said from three-point and three-point range and Brandon Boston Jr. That guy has been absolutely atrocious this year in all fat facets of the game. Other than free throw shooting, he's been horrible. He can't defend. He hasn't made jump shots, which he was known for in high school. He can't he can't really do anything. He just makes free throws, which I guess is good. But for a guy who's a projected top 10 pick, I mean, that is that is not something I'd want to go to my favorite team in the NBA. And for a guy who's supposed to be that good, he just has not been good. I just don't understand Cal continuing to go to these five-star freshmen when it's blatantly obvious that they can't score the ball. But Andrew, moving on now to a conference and a conference full of teams that are actually good and can score and can shoot and can make threes. And that's the Big Ten, Andrew. And this conference is probably the greatest conference, most loaded conference we have ever seen in college basketball. I mean, right now, if the tournament started today, 11 teams in the tournament, and there's no question. You could argue 12, 13 teams could make the tournament right now from the Big Ten. The Big Ten is absolutely loaded. And every night that you play a game, you are not guaranteed to win whatsoever. And I'm very, very excited to see what happens going forward because every single week you're going to see three, four, five ranked games. Yeah, and this is what scares me because, as you guys know, our favorite team is Michigan State, and they do play in the Big Ten Conference. And every time they play, there's a chance they lose. And Michigan State is a ranked team. But going into every game, it feels like it's going to be a ranked game, even though they might not be playing against a ranked team. For example, Northwestern, we just saw it. Northwestern was not a ranked team, but they sure played like it in uh, that game against Michigan State. Wisconsin, we knew they were going to give Michigan State a tough game just because Wisconsin's a top 10 team, and we all know that as well. And they're also the oldest, most experienced team in college basketball. So when you play a team like that, you're probably going to have some troubles and they're going to give you a good game. And this is just some of the competition. And we're going to see a lot more down the road that there are also some very good basketball teams like Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, Rutgers. This is just to mention a few. There's a lot more teams. Those are just the ranked ones. I know Michigan is ranked as well. And Northwestern will be ranked. Wisconsin is ranked. Michigan State will be ranked. This is a very loaded uh, conference. And also, I forgot to mention, Minnesota might be ranked because they just took down number four, Iowa. And they're a one-loss team. This is a crazy conference, and 
every night you have to expect your team's going to lose because this is what it is. And they could be playing the worst team in the conference and they could still lose. They could be playing the best team in the conference and your team might win. Who knows? This conference is absolutely crazy. And you're, if your team is in the Big Ten Conference, you don't want your team to be in the Big Ten Conference. And you're probably really frustrated because you're like, wow, when conference play rolls around, my team's probably going to lose five games, even though they're not a team who should lose five games. Iowa, maybe. Michigan State, Wisconsin. Those teams are probably going to lose a lot of games, a lot more than they should, at least, even though they're a really good team. And you just have to expect that. Yeah, Andrew, to be honest, talking about Michigan State, Michigan State is basically everyone's Super Bowl because Michigan State has dominated this conference for years. Except the only team that's really not their Super Bowl is Michigan because Michigan just hates them. And from a Michigan State fan, I hate to say it, Michigan is probably the most underrated team in this conference. It's genuinely embarrassing how much they're disrespected. And I, I, I hate Michigan. I hate how Hunter Dickinson is playing. I, I hate everything about that guy he just is just an awkward person a weird player but he but it works I mean he's a great he's a very very good player I hate to say it but Michigan right now might be a top three team in the Big Ten right now and maybe a top 15 20 team in the country obviously they're a top 20 team but I'd argue top 15 top 10 and for Michigan State I mean you're gonna have to fight every night Every single night is going to be a bloodbath because everyone wants to beat you because you've dominated this conference with Tom Izzo for so long. You're basically everyone's Super Bowl. Yeah, and this isn't even from a biased perspective, but as you said, Michigan's just such a weird team to watch. When I watch Michigan play, it just seems like half of their players are just not even paying attention and they still like win games. It's weird. Michigan's a, just an odd team to watch. I feel like they have some odd players who just look weird when they play. And Hunter Dickinson is one. Like, I'm not trying to diss Hunter Dickinson at all, but he just looks weird when he plays. He runs weird, like you said. And he's just an odd player. But this Michigan team, like you said, you can't look over them. They are a good basketball team nonetheless. And even though we don't like them, we can admit when this Michigan basketball team is something you should probably be looking out for. And now's that time. Michigan basketball is playing very well. And whenever you play them, it will be a great game or unless they choose to blow you out, which they might since they're pretty good. Yeah, Andrew. And I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people say they, oh, they haven't played anyone, but just the way that roster is made up and the way that all their guys just seem to click together. I mean, it's, just a good basketball team, unfortunately, I have to say it. But if there's one guy that I hate in this conference, and I think every team except the, t- the team that has this player hates. I mean, this guy, it seems like he's been in college for 30 years, and everyone hates him. I think we can both agree that Brad Davison is the most annoying college basketball player I've ever seen in my entire life, Andrew. Yeah, and for those who don't know, Brad Davison plays for Wisconsin, and I'm pretty sure he's 23 years old. He's this is his fifth or sixth year in college basketball, and it's not it's not that he's just been in there for so long; is that he's so annoying about it, and he plays with like I mean, congrats to him, he plays with great intensity, but at some point it just gets old, it just gets annoying, 
he tries to take a charge on every play. He dives on everyone. Like it's good to have on your team, but when you're playing against him, it just it's annoying. And he's like trash talking everyone. I know last year, I'm not I'm not completely sure about this. I know someone on the team, and I think it was him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he hit someone in the nuts on purpose. Like he's just that type of player who just takes it to another level when with his intensity. So if we're talking about people we don't necessarily like in the conference. I'm pretty sure anyone's answer except a Wisconsin fan will be Brad Davison. He pisses me off, pisses you off, Henry, pisses everybody else off except Wisconsin fans and his own teammates. Brad Davison, I can't wait until he gets out of the conference uh, after this season, unless I'm not exactly sure on this, but can these players be granted an extra year of eligibility if they want? Oh, yeah. Wisconsin can bring every single player back again next year for guys who would be seventh, seventh year, seventh. Yeah, they'd have seventh year guys. They have sixth year seniors. They have four. I think they have five guys or six guys who are seniors. I think they have two, uh, a double redshirt senior, a sixth year and two or three redshirt seniors. And Andrew, their starting lineup is, is older than the Chicago Bulls starting lineup. The Chicago Bulls starting lineup average age is lower than Wisconsin. Wisconsin would be the more experienced team if they played the Chicago Bulls right now, Andrew. Yeah, and Wisconsin, let's say if they potentially do bring all their seniors back, because I have to say, I really don't think any of them would get drafted at this point. So if they all choose to come back, this lineup will consist of the starting lineup of Wisconsin next year will consist of 25, 24, and 23-year-olds, no no uh, younger than 23 years old, this Wisconsin lineup will be. That is like an, <laughs> an NBA roster, like you said. It's older than the Chicago Bulls as of right now. Next year, it will only get a year older for every single one of those players. This Wisconsin team, if they choose to bring everyone back, which they might, this this team is just going to be so experienced and for that reason they're just going to be so good and let alone they do have some pretty good players but that experience is really what helps them out the most yeah Andrew but let's move on now to one of our final two topics and I mean we're talking about good teams and I'll tell you what Gonzaga may be I I'd probably say in my lifetime of college basketball teams I've watched this is probably the second greatest team I've ever watched in my entire life behind the 2017-2018 Villanova team, because that team had like five first-round picks. This team, I wouldn't say has five first-round picks, but this team is right up there being one of the greatest teams i ever watched. And Andrew, do you think they're going to go undefeated? Honestly, I would never predict this for any team, but I truly think this Gonzaga team can go undefeated this season. Their conference play should be pretty much a cakewalk. So once they get out of this non-conference play, they should be good. And Gonzaga is by far, I think, the best team in college basketball at this point. I really think there's no debate. They're blowing out every ranked team. And Virginia was their last uh, culprit in the previous game of getting blown out to Gonzaga. You just can't not lose to this team. Like when you play them, you're just going to lose. You have to accept that. So whenever you put Gonzaga on your schedule – especially this season, you expect a tough game, but not. it's not like this year. This year is just different. Gonzaga just 
is the best team in college basketball by far. They're the best offense. I think we can say now, I, re- I truly think they're better than Iowa since they beat them. I really think that solidified themselves as the better offense and the better team in general. And their defense is, I can't say it's great, but it's not bad at all. And it's definitely sufficient enough to allow them to get leads. And that's what they've been doing. And their offense, like I said, is just so, so good. Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball by far, in my opinion. And I would go as of right now, I would truly say I would pick them over the field to win the NCAA tournament right now. And that's how good they're, they're playing right now. So if you ask me right now, who I think is going to win the NCAA tournament, Without a hesitation, Gonzaga would be my uh, choice right there. Like I said, best team in college basketball by far, in my opinion. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, they're they're very good. But the fact that they still have to play, I think, 18, 20 games left, there's always a chance for an injury. There's always a chance for them to just lose a game. There's a chance for them to have a very off night. So to pick them to go undefeated the rest of the season – I'd say the regular season, I think they'll finish undefeated. I think that will happen. I probably think they go into the NCAA tournament undefeated. But the fact that the NCAA tournament just brings in so many unknowns, I don't think I could pick them against the field in the NCAA tournament, considering that we haven't seen them against Baylor, which is probably the consensus number two team in college basketball right now. The best defensive team in college basketball and probably has the the best amount of guards, the best guard play in all of college basketball. So to pick them against the field in the NCAA tournament, probably not. But do I think they'll go undefeated for the right through or to the NCAA tournament? I would have to say yes. But moving on now, Andrew, to our final topic. Let's talk about some of the biggest games we have this week. And this is the first week where we really have a Saturday of just a full loaded slate. But we do have some very, very intriguing games throughout the week. And, of course, starts off on Monday and Tuesday with two Big Ten teams, which start with – Michigan State and Minnesota and Northwestern Iowa, two teams coming off losses and two teams coming off very, very big wins. And and then we have on Wednesday, we have the two best teams in the SEC in Tennessee and Missouri. And then we have Saturday, we have Texas versus Kansas. We have Duke, Florida State. We have Iowa, Rutgers. We have Villanova, Xavier. We have Virginia, Virginia Tech. And Andrew, I'd say my favorite game that I'm looking forward to this week, other than obviously Michigan State, Minnesota, because I just like to watch Michigan State play, obviously, is Texas, Kansas. And I mean, Kansas is probably the consensus number three team in college basketball right now. And I'd say Texas is a top 10 team right now. And this is their chance in a home game to prove that they are one of the best teams in college basketball. So, Andrew, I'm interested to hear what game you're looking most forward to this week. Yeah. And I know I, I spoke down on Kansas in the previous college basketball update podcast but I am here to say that Kansas is a top three basketball team and I was very wrong about Kansas I truly think they are one of the better offenses in college basketball and their defense isn't that bad either I don't think Kansas is a top two or top team in college basketball and that is taken by Gonzaga and Baylor I truly think both of those teams are better than Kansas, but I'm here to say Kansas is ranked well at three and they are where they're supposed to be. They win big games when it matters and they're just a good basketball team. And I saw it against West Virginia. I really thought they were going to lose that game and West Virginia was going to be their first true test because I really didn't think they played that grave competition coming in. Although they had, I think it was two ranked games against Kentucky and I believe Texas Tech. I didn't think either of those teams were 
great ranked wins, I guess you can say, but this, that West Virginia game really sold me on Kansas. I think they're a good basketball team. And I, I'm really interested to see what they can do against Texas because I think Texas is even better than West Virginia and Texas is a lot more athletic team and they can score a lot better. I think, and they also play, I actually, I don't know. I was going to say they also play better defense, but West Virginia plays pretty good defense. And we all know Bob Huggins is probably more of a defensive coach than offensive coach. So he has a West Virginia team playing really good defense. So I can't say Texas plays better defense, but what I can't say is they're a lot more athletic team and probably a better offensive team. So I'll be interested to see how Kansas can play against Texas. So if you ask me, what game I'm looking more forward to. I really don't think you can answer other than Kansas versus Texas just because of this has a lot of high stakes as well in terms of the Big 12 Conference and also in terms of ranked because this is probably, I believe, going to be a top 10 matchup, right? So this will be the best matchup I think we see all uh, week in terms of college basketball. Yeah, Andrew, and this should be a very, very good week of college basketball, as always. I mean, college basketball just has great matchups every single week, which is why a lot of people like it. Most people, I would say, don't necessarily follow it until the tournament, but I think it's fun to follow it all year, and I think Andrew could say the same same thing. Excuse me. But with that, I think this would be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast, and we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.